Welcome to Miss Viva Storyteller Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has lost their voice and want to get it back. I lost my voice at a very young age, and it took me years of pain and hurt to get it back. On this podcast, I will bring you personal stories that will make you laugh, cry, think, heal, and in some cases, propel you into making new and better choices. At the end of each story, I give you my thoughts and I ask you probing questions to make you think. No one is perfect and no answer is wrong. So let's get started. Welcome to Miss V, the Storyteller Podcast. You guys, I am so excited today. I have a very special guest guest with me, and I'm so excited for her to share with you. Um, we had a meet and greet. As you know, we always do our meet and greet, and her and I, we talked and we chatted and we laughed, and you know, we we, we really have gone through some things similar. So um, she's on the show, and we're going to talk about some things. So with that said, B, please introduce yourself to my audi- audience and tell, them, tell us about yourself. Oh, thank you, Ms. V. And uh, nice to be with you, Mrs. V's audience. I am Annabelle B. Ballman. And uh, the B stands for Baptista, really. But I started doing stand-up comedy in 2020, and I took the B. And it was just fortune because when I was leaving my job, because... um, I'm um, now living in Germany and I was leaving my job in Boston and they gave me a little B as my token, a little pin. And so that has become my sort of totem, totem insect, the B. And I've used it in all of my communication work. So let me start from the beginning. So I was raised in Indianapolis, Indiana with a foster family until I was 12. And there were three of us kids in that foster family. And then my real mother came and and got me. And then I was in a family of eight. And my mother and I moved around to Colorado. um, And then we lived in Chicago for a little while. And it was a very tumultuous relationship with my mom and with my family. Um, So I sort of took off on my own and was an emancipated teenager at um, 16 and had my own apartment and was working uh, as a healthcare aide and just started my own path. But I had been raised with the idea that I was promised a fairy tale, you know, the, yeah. Yeah. So I was waiting for the prince that is promised. Mm -hmm. And he came and of course he could not live up to that hype. And (laughs) then we we broke up. I have two beautiful children who are now grown and they live in Rhode Island where my ex-husband lived. And yeah, so while I was, um, when my marriage started dissolving, my children were um, five and six, and we moved to Colorado, but I hadn't gotten my degree yet. I hadn't gone mm. to college. 
And I just thought that's the least I can do. And I wanted it for my kids as well. Yeah. And when I talked to my ex-husband now, he he encouraged me actually to go back to school and that we could share custody of the kids. And that really helped me to be able to get my English degree. And then I moved to Boston and Boston is where I met my German husband. And that's what brings me to Germany today. <laughs> <laughs> All around the world. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, we talked, like I said, we talked for a while and uh, we talked about a couple of my stories. So what story stuck out to you? I know you listened to the podcast and some of the stories. So what story resonated to you that you said, you know what? I really need to talk about this story. Yes. Panic attacks are real. I really um, resonated with that story, the panic attacks are real when you're having them. And as a stand-up comedian and a speaker who is on the stage, you know, I understand that cold sweat, fear, um, but then panic attack is at another level. Yeah. So um, she chose a story that I, 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 that was another hard story. Some of my stories are hard for me to share, but um, I feel like, you know, if it's going to help somebody, I can get over that and share it. So um, I'll give you a little bit of background about the story is basically um, when I was younger, I worked at a um, beauty salon and I was catching the bus to work, hated it. I don't know who hated it anyway. So the secretary who worked in the salon, her and I lived in, um, we lived in neighborhoods across the street from each other. So she was like, oh, I'll give you a ride to work. All you have to do is pay me for gas. So we started, you know, riding to work together. And <laughs> I found out why the ladies at work didn't like her because she was always late. Mm -hmm. And so this particular day we were late for work and she was flying down the interstate. I mean, I'm telling you, I couldn't even see the other cars. She was driving so fast. We were getting off on that um, uh, off ramp because apparently the tire on the car couldn't keep up with as fast as she was going. Mm -hmm. So we ended up having to pull all over because she had a flat tire well, mm -hmm. this big 18-wheeler, whatever wheels you want to come, came off the interstate and assumed that he had enough room to get around us, did not hit the truck that I was in, which in turn pushed it into another truck. Ooh. When I came to, I was sitting on the side on the sidewalk crying with a massive head headache. Fast forward, I end up in the emergency room and they and the doctor said I had a concussion. Um, um, he gave me some medicine for my headaches and he told um, my family member to keep an eye on me because when you have a concussion, I get home and um, all of a sudden I am just gone crazy. I'm like, I, I feel like I'm about to die. I couldn't catch my breath. It was horrible and I was scared to death. So I called my mom. I'm like, mom, I said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I was so scared. And she told me, you know, she was telling me to calm down and to breathe. And she was like, baby, you're having a panic attack. I was like, mama, anybody having, you know, I didn't believe her, you know, but ultimately she was absolutely right. The doctor said, you are having a panic attack. You're starting to remember what happened in the accident and it's causing you to have panic attacks. What well, a doctor wanted me to go see some kind of therapist and you know, some medicine, and everything. And I'm like, black people don't go see no therapist. I'm not going to see any therapist. 
But I realized that it was something that I needed to deal with. Although I did not go to a therapist at the time, I was very young. I was like 19, 20. So come on, a 19, 20 year old going to therapy, not going to happen. But I did talk to someone who really helped me. Um, she had gone to a therapist and she gave me some of the tools that the therapist had given her. And then I myself started to doing it to get over it. But I did not think that I had a panic attack because it was a car accident. You know, my brain was like, you know, people overseas that's in the military, they have them. someone who had something really traumatic happen to them. But at the end of the day, the accident itself was traumatic to me. And that caused me to have panic attacks. So B, when you heard the story, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, it really brought back a rush of memories of growing up in the inner city of Indiana and having such a, a rough sort of start in life. And then what happened was when I got to college and I was under the pressure of trying to, you know, to work and to be in school, I was beginning to have panic attack, anxiety attacks. And so I did go to a therapist uh, once or twice, because like you said, that, that feeling that you get, um, like, like, you know, your body's tingling or, it, you know, you, you don't breathe, know if you can you make the next yeah. step. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really culminates in your body when you have a mental, something happening mentally. And so um, that just brought home for me how my anxiety attacks started in college uh, with this physical manifestation of trouble in my body. And I even got it again in, in Germany because I was going, going, going. And at this point, I mean, I should say that I do suffer from um, being, well, not suffer, but I'm mentally divergent which means I have a mental illness and it is treated with medication. And that can be hard, like you said, when you're uh, thinking, you know, I'm on medication, why should I be on medication? I shouldn't be on medication for a whole life time, you know? And so I struggled with that a little bit. And so I got off the medication. Mm. And in my case, it was, it's schizophrenia. And so I got off the medication and started having these episodes, these anxiety attacks, and I was working. And literally, I was getting eye uh, pops, like my eyes were just swollen. And it was in, it's something like getting, um, you know, pimples on your eyes. And so my eyes were were swollen and big and your body just when something's going wrong in your mind, your body picks up on that and mm -hmm. starts reacting. And if you don't stop yourself, your body will surely stop. Absolutely. Yes, that is so true because your body is like, I'm trying to help you. I'm telling you <laughs> something is wrong. You need to treat this. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I was so young, you know, mm -hmm. when, when things happen to you, you know, when you're at different ages or different times at life, you process things differently. But I was like, oh my God. So was there a particular like 
incident or a story or something that happened to you that made you say, oh my God, I have something going on with me. Was it a, uh, like events that happened or was it something particular? For me, it was the accident, you know, mm -hmm. the accident, I got in the accident and then that started it for me. So it was something significant that happened in my life that started it. So how was it for you? Well, growing up in that dynamic changing environment of a foster home and then a family of eight that I didn't really know, and then moving to Germany. So I had a lot of life events that I just kept soldiering through. Mm. And so when I, like I said, in college, I had anxiety attacks, um, but I was dealing with them the best I could. And then I had a little lull where I thought, okay, I'm okay, because I wasn't in any relationships. I was working and everything seemed okay. And then I met my soon-to-be husband, and he's German. And somehow he he brought me to Germany to like visit his family. And then I went back to the US. And somehow my mind just started unraveling. And I didn't mm -hmm. realize that my mother had well, I knew my mother had had a nervous breakdown when I was born. That's the reason she put me in foster care. But I didn't know any more than that about it. No one really talked to me about it. And so when I started actually having psychotic episodes where you hear voices and you see things, it it came on me quite gradually. It was kind of like, um, did you hear that? Did you see that? And my husband would be like, no, I didn't see that. Or do you notice that people are following us? I think there's people following us. And sometimes this will happen and people will see people on the streets who are having a psychotic episode. Mm. They look like they're talking to themselves or, or they're, you know, very skittish or scared. And it could be that mental imbalance because when you have a mental imbalance, there's nothing you can do about it, but seek help. And so mine had to be treated with medication. And like I said, later I got the diagnosis that I had schizophrenia, um, which is, and it's different for everyone. And I got mine late in life after I was 30, uh, but it just, slowly came on. And all I can say is I think it came from just the pressure of my husband and my lifestyle, ironically, had improved drastically. Like I had been living in uh, Dorchester in um, Massachusetts in a small one bedroom with a roommate, basically in a cellar. Oh, yeah. You know, just getting by, but I was getting by. And my husband is an only child. And basically he had um, a wonderful childhood. So he had a totally different outlook on life and mental process than I had. And when those two things sort of collided because there I was, this inner city girl who had, you know, seen drug addicts and been around um, all sorts of 
issues and people with all sorts of uh, criminal backgrounds, that's something he didn't know anything about. There was just this, this, um, this lack that I felt in myself, like I don't deserve this life. Like I, I'm not, I should not be here, you know? And I felt that way deep inside myself. Like I was not good enough. I was not enough by myself, um, you know, and I struggle with that even when we came to Germany because luckily we got my two children into college. And after we got them into college, my husband's parents who were elderly, uh, his mother had a brain tumor. So we moved to Germany to support his elderly parents. And again, I was I was in deer in headlights, you know, keep your head down, try not to be seen, hide. Mm. I basically was trying to retire from life for fear of people knowing me and knowing what I was about, just afraid to be myself, really. And so, and when my husband asked me, well, are you going to be taking medicine? He just asked, um, are you going to have to take this medicine your whole life? And I thought to myself, you know, I, take, I don't need to take medicine. I feel fine now. I don't need to take medicine. And that's when you know that you have, that you are a mental divergent because there's, of course, mental diversity among everyone. Um, but when you have a chemical imbalance in your brain that stops you, depression, mm. um, schizophrenia, any of these um, these um, diagnoses and illnesses that cause uh, actual chemical imbalance in your brain that has to be corrected medically, you know, has to be corrected with medication. And when I learned that after having another psychotic episode, um, that left me, you know, just like your brain is being ripped apart because mm. when, you know, when you're fearful and like you said, and you're nervous and you're, and you're scared and you just feel like the world is falling apart or unraveling around you. And you're just trying to hold yourself together in this yeah. space, you know, and that's what a lot of people do. You know, and we think we're so strong and we are so strong. We, but we hold on to the point where we have to break down. Yes. You know, and then come back. Come yes. Back. But don't you just, uh, when I was listening to your story, I thought about how much God really loves you because he sent exactly what you need, not what you thought you needed, not what you wanted, but he was like, she needs this man. She needs this type of love. And I love that about your story. I'm so sorry that you had to go through a lot of things, but in the end, God was like, I have her and he sent you exactly what you needed. Another thing that I got from your story is this, that you know, and I, I believe a lot of women, we do this. Things happen to us and we constantly readapt and adjust and constantly push things down, mm -hmm. push it away, mm -hmm. push it back, you know, and just keep moving on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And then God is like, okay. And like you said, your body said, okay, you've been pushing, you've been letting it go. 
you kept moving, but now it's time for you to deal with it. Boom. And then something happens to you. And it's like, yeah. boom. And I am so glad for myself that although I was fighting, you know, the diagnosis, you, you know, you having a panic attack, you know, you need to have therapy. Although I was fight, fighting it, that last panic attack I had scared me so bad. I was like, I'm going to do something now. I might not go to therapy, but I'm going to do something because I can't live like this. And then I, you know, I start talking to someone. So if you, being that you've gone through all of this, what are some of the things that you learned about yourself as you, you know, when you're, when you have come out of and you realize, okay, I'm going to have to take medication for the rest of my life. But I've learned these things about myself. What are some of the things you learned about yourself going through all of this? I think the biggest thing I learned is the courage to be yourself. The courage to just be in your own truth and, and let that be. I When you started the segment, you said, sometimes I, I'll tell a story that's uncomfortable for me, you know, but I know it can help someone else. And that's what I had to learn from myself that, again, that I am enough, that yes. we all have a place on this planet and we all deserve to be here and have our voices heard. So I remember I one day I just found a meme that said, like you said, God placed it in front of my eyes and it said, why are you trying to fit in when you were born to stand out? Yeah, oh, I love that, love yeah. it. Mm -hmm. wow. and, and, and that was my truth. I was trying to hide and it was impossible for me to hide. And because it's just, it's, it's like a, a, you know, bull in a China shop. You're just too big to hide. You're too bright. You, you know, you, you, the way you talk, the way you engage with people. So, and that was what I learned about myself to go ahead and take up the space, you know, it's okay to take up space. It's okay to shine. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. And so, and that's the message I try to give to other women. Like you said, because it tends to be women, especially in my age group, um, who didn't so much come up with, um, who, who grew up with um, feminism but it was just sort of like coming around, you know, whereas my daughter, you know, they had the Me Too movement and mm -hmm. all these other movements that really strengthened them to their core. And, and it has strengthened me as well, but coming from the generation prior, this, you know, born in 64, the baby boomer generation, you know, the house maker, um, model was still sort of there. Like you're supposed to have a house and children, and this is basically yeah. the only, you know, or be a nurse, especially for black women, be a nurse or a teacher. And that's what I got from growing up in the inner city. So I had to let go of all of that baggage and say, no, that's not me. That's not me. And I'm not going to feed that fear 
any longer. You know, I'm going to stand in my truth. And as I started speaking and became a motivational humorist, I began to talk to other women about, you know, you are the CEO of your life. Show Mm. up, you know, and it's crazy because a, a woman who looks just like us, I remember seeing her when I started this motivational humorous journey, being a speaker. And she said, (laughs) she said, if you're, if you're busy telling your life story on Facebook, in Facebook posts, you might as well write a book. And I thought, (laughs) okay. Yeah. She's right. Cause you're giving it away free when you can, you know, get a book and get a little, well, something you said um, that made me think um, when you were saying that you're enough. I remember when I lost my voice and the enemy knew that God wanted to use my voice. And when I got it back, I had to realize that is why every time you turn around, he's trying to make you lose your voice, put your head down, not speak up for yourself, you know? And mm-hmm. I think when like you've been through everything that you've been through, but you came to the point where you realized you are enough. You are worthy. You can take up space. And I think we all have that journey and we have to get to that point in our lives based on everything we've gone through. And I'm finally getting there. You know, I, I am. I still struggle with some things, but God is like, no, 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 no. I created you. You know, I chose you. I have a purpose for you and you are going to, up. Uh, you know, you're going to do your assignment here on earth. I'm going to make sure of that. You know, and I I love you got a great smile. You know, you can you can't you cannot tell what you've been through, which I love. You know, because some people look like what they've been through. You look at them, you're like, darn, mm. <laughs> you've been through a lot, but you don't look like it. You're smiling. You seem so happy, and I just love it. Anybody watching will see you have so much joy. And I love the fact that although you've been through a lot, you say, you know what? I'm going to help other people. I'm going to help other women. I don't want them to suffer like me. And I'm kind of glad you did pick this particular story because I know that people are going, people are out there that's struggling, that's going through different challenges and won't get help like me. (laughs) You know, won't get therapy or won't go on medication. What would be your advice to those people who are out there, you know, that that may hear this, you know, podcast and this story? And what would what, what be your push? What would it be that you could say, you know what, I'm telling you, I've been through this. So what would you say to them to help them to make that decision? You know, Miss V, I would say, firstly, that it's a gift to be different. It's a gift, whatever your challenge is that has been given to you. And as long as you're living with it, then there's a chance you can, you can shape it for yourself. And I think that people who process differently, whether that's mentally struggling with uh, depression or mentally struggling with other issues, anger management, whatever it is, you need to look at how you can help yourself, you know, because the story that you're telling yourself may be that 
like you said, like you you look like you you shouldn't be um, thriving, and so you're not thriving. But mm-hmm. instead, plant yourself in some good soil. You know, I I yes. started looking at yeah, I started looking at motivational speakers um, that I like, Lisa Nichols, you know, mm-hmm. and others, and get yourself in some positive energy because if you're in a negative stew that's not going to help at all so the yeah definitely you have to hack your brain and figure out how to get yourself some help you have to if your self talk is beating you down and telling you you don't deserve it you got to say listen you don't know me because <laughs> I got stuff to do. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that's right. You have to turn around and talk to yourself. Listen here. Get yourself some help. Just like I was like, listen here. <laughs> you are having panic attacks. You need some help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and that's called intrapersonal communication. We all talk to ourselves with little messages and things. And in today they're they, they've even um, proven it scientifically that if you give yourself positive messages mm-hmm. and positive goals, that you can then you can help yourself. You know, of course, it, it's not the whole package, but you can at least bring yourself further along if you're being positive. If you're trying to do what's best for yourself. If you see that you're struggling with alcoholism or drug abuse or mental issues, get yourself in a place where you can get some help. Even if you have to, you know, walk to that door and leave, hand somebody a note. Don't even speak it. Just give somebody a note and say, read this, you know. That is so good. You know, I believe in affirmations, but my twist on it is I believe in my own affirmations. I have mm-hmm. my own because mm-hmm. I say things to myself that, first of all, I need to hear. Yeah. Secondly, I say things to myself that I want to hear from my husband, you know, or some loved ones, you know, I mm-hmm. want to hear, you know, I look in the mirror, I'm just like, girl, you're so pretty. Oh, you look so nice today. You know, I say encouraging things to myself. You're a more than enough girl. You got this. You can do this. Yes, it's hard, but you can do it. God gave you everything. And I put, exactly. scriptures, in, I put scriptures in it. And I, I've always shared, you know, when I, even when I'm on other people's podcasts, you know, to ask me about affirmations, I'm like, I'm all for it, but write your own because you know what you need to hear. You know what needs to, you know, that can motivate you. Like for me, I have a tendency to procrastinate. I'm like, all right, now get yourself up. And you know, sometimes it's like real talk. Go ahead and get it done. Stop procrastinating. That is what I need to tell myself to make myself not to go and procrastinate. So Mm -hmm. I'm always, I believe so hard. And like you said, self-talk, talk to yourself the way you desire and you want to be talked to. Now, if Mm -hmm. you can't do it, find somebody else in your family or whatever, that's going to do that for you because you need to hear it. Oh my God, this has been so good. So, you know, at the end of my podcast, I always ask questions and I believe that we've answered the question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, you know, so my um, listeners will hear it. It says, have you suffered from a panic attack before? If so, what caused them? In my case, it was an accident in the truck. Boom. 
that caused it. In your case, what would you say something specific or was it? Uh, um... It was for me, I believe it was a culmination okay. of things. Yeah. That started with the PTSD from childhood, you know, yeah. and just built on that. Oh, that's good because people need to realize it comes in different ways. It may be exactly. more than one thing. You know, for me, it was just that one accident, but for you, it was a, a combination of a whole bunch of things and people, you, uh, you know, if you're listening out there, you know, don't be like me and think, oh, you know, people don't have panic attacks. That's in car accidents. Yes, they do. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I did. You know, it can be something small, but the way you process it and the way it happens can turn it into a panic attack because we'll make it. It may have been small, but the way we process it, we made it so much bigger than it was. And now we're having anxiety and a panic attack from something that was small. And it says, how did you deal with them? For me, I dealt with it. Um, eventually, I did talk to someone. When I came, when I had the last panic attack, I talked to someone because I'm like, I can't live like this. So, and that person was able to help me. Um, but it, um, some years later, I didn't have an accident or anything, but I got to the point where I needed to go to therapy and I went to therapy. You know, mm -hmm. it was no mm -hmm. longer that, you know, thing where, you know, your grandparents and your parents talked about, you know, we don't go to therapy. No, no, no. I needed it. <laughs> I needed it. And I went. So for mm -hmm. you, how did you deal with it? Yeah, I, I think. I I am someone who always wants to talk to people. And so I was very open to talking to a therapist and things like that. So so that was helpful. But in my case, I definitely needed the medication mm. because I have a you know, a brain chemistry imbalance. So th so that's different. If you can talk it out and 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 that's help that is wonderful, but you have to be careful. And if you need medication, get medication. That's good. That's good advice. And, you know, for me, and again, I was 19, 20. So, you know, I'm thinking this is going to be one and done. It wasn't, yeah. it was something that I had to constantly work on the, the tools that she gave me. And I'm grateful to her. I had to constantly, you know, work on it, especially when I was driving on the interstate. I was scared to death. If a big truck came by, I would just go, oh my God, you know, get mm -hmm. shaking and quaking and all that because of the truck. But then I had to start breathing like she told me to mm -hmm. and different things I had to do, but yes. I had to do it over and over again until I was able to drive. Now I drive on the um, interstate. Listen, you can come up here if you want to, but I'm not scared of you. <laughs> you know, I'm a whole different person. But I love what you said. If you need to be on medication, get medication. If you need to go to a therapist, go to a therapist. If you need to just talk to somebody and you don't feel comfortable with a th therapist, find someone you can talk to and you know find the right person, y'all. Please find the right person. Because <laughs> that is so key, you know, because you can find the wrong person and it'll make it worse. So, mm. oh my God, this has been so good. So B, please tell us if someone wants to re reach out to you and, and talk to you more, you know, maybe they feel comfortable just talking to you because you've been through something that they're going through. How can we reach you? Do you have a book? Do you have anything that's going on where we can learn more about you? Mm -hmm. Yes, my book is called Girl, You Ain't Crazy. Oh, and it's a, it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a humorous self-help book that I wrote 
that's that really was for me as well to say you got this you know and so that's out there now and i'm doing um um listening course that's going to be online and you can find that on uh, annabellebauman.com that's my website or linktree um, backslash be bombing. You can see a lot of things that I'm doing there. Yeah, but be bombing or Annabelle bombing. Google me. You'll find me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll there. make sure that I have everything that you see okay. in the description. Okay. So all they have to do is just tab down and they'll find all your information, especially Great. about the book, because mm -hmm. that sounds like it would be hilarious. And, you know, I love to learn but I also love to learn with some humor in it because I'm crazy myself. So mm -hmm. if I can read a story or if I can read something that's going to make me laugh and learn from it, I'm all in. So thank <laughs> you. So thank you so much for, um, I think you're up later or you're getting up earlier to be here with me. So I am so grateful. I know Germany, you know, I've had other people on from different parts of the world and I'm very appreciative to them, you know, for making this adjustment to be on my show. So thank you so much. Oh, I'm happy to do it, V. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I pray that this episode has brought some joy to your life and you have learned something about yourself. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. And for more information about Miss V the Storyteller, you can visit my website at MissVTheStoryteller.GoDaddySites.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.